0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Mad Advertising Podcast, your podcast about metaverse, marketing, advertising, and related trends in the tech world. I'm your host, Eli Santos, and this podcast is all about exploring the metaverse and the possibilities of it with people that are at the core of its development, and of course, home marketing is going to be related with everything. And today I'm very excited to welcome Bosco Bellinghausen. Bosco, say hi to everyone. Hi Eli, hi thanks for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. Guys, Bosco is the co-founder and chief metaverse architect of Metaversus, which is a new virtual world. In 2019, he took a deep dive to learn how to create virtual worlds and 3D experiences with the Unreal Engine and discovered the metaverse. Bosco has been consulting, concepting, developing, and delivering virtual worlds and 3D experiences since then. So Bosco, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and your background. We would love to hear it
1: yeah sure yeah um, as you already mentioned i'm into uh, virtual world creation but uh, it uh, was not always like this so to say because actually i'm coming from the business side and um, uh, yeah before 2019 for example i had a new music streaming service um, which i founded um, but i did not code it so to say so i always was um, representing the business size and in 2019 i thought to myself hey what what's next in terms of entertainment, because right now everything is in 2D. Uh, I have a website for this or an app for this. But it's uh, yeah, it's all all 2D. And uh, back in the days, I used to be a DJ. And so I thought to myself, hey, something like MySpace back in the days, because back in the days, everyone uh, used to have like a MySpace uh, page uh, and me as well uh, as a DJ. And so I I thought to myself, hey, now it, it would be so cool if I have uh, like a MySpace, uh, but a, a 3D space, so that I really can invite people. Um, and uh, this was the initial idea. And but I did not know how to create uh, such 3D experiences or, or spaces. And so I, um, yeah, as I said, took a deep dive into the Unreal Engine and um, learned uh, everything, so to say. And then I discovered, uh, per coincidence, so to say, the, the term metaverse. And um, and back then, um, I I heard the term, I heard the explanation and I was like, hmm, Metaverse equals virtual world or Metaverse equals Internet. This does not sound right for me, so to say, uh, nowadays, because we're in 2019. And so, yeah, I make my way through uh, what it might be at the end of the day. And uh, this uh, really got me interested because Um, Before doing this um, I used to be an IT consultant and actually one of the first one uh, specialized in blockchain technology and this was back in 2015 so my background actually uh, already is quite decentralized uh, so to say and with that knowledge I was then able to see okay if we have blockchain if we have the virtual worlds hmm what can we do to create new networks so to say. Yeah, and this is uh, what, what I'm uh, doing now. Um, besides, uh, yeah, helping some clients, um, I, or uh, we creating virtual worlds.
0: Yesterday I recorded another episode of the podcast and I had a marketer here. And uh he was also telling me that he was a musician before that and whatnot. And I was like, dude, I really relate with your path. Like we've had we've done some similar stuff because I, you know, I came from marketing and whatnot. And I used to be an IT guy before that, and I also was a DJ for, for for a few years. And uh and it's funny now today, another recording and like also another person that I really relate with, because I also came from IT, spent 10 years in it then uh, in parallel to that i was also a dj uh, and i still love electronic music by the way um and so it's really fun to see you know another individual here in the podcast that um uh, that has a similar path to me so it seems we're going to be having a very very interesting conversation especially given your blockchain background because it's not often to come across an individual that really knows the details and in-betweens regarding blockchain, right? Because it, it can get really complex, right?
1: Definitely. I mean, um, it, it's so funny. Back in the days,
0: uh, when I was starting consulting
1: uh, huge brands in their first uh, blockchain strategy, it felt like actually the same like today, because today the metaverse uh, is a buzzword for everyone. Everybody, everything is a metaverse, but uh, less. Uh, but uh, the majority of, of the people do not really know what the metaverse is or what it will be. And, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very musical. And this is the same situation like back in the days uh, when it came to blockchain. Um, the, the, there was the same momentum that um, after the hype, everybody was uh, there. OK, do we need it uh, or don't we need it? What is it? Uh, please tell me. And this is the situation right now. Exactly um, in, in regards to the metaverse, because it's so so new. It's way more complex than uh, the, the most of the people think. And um, but yeah, I see or what I see is there, this there's, there's, there's one of the biggest potential uh, which we are now um, are able to witness, so to say. And um, we yeah, like back in the days when some people invented the internet, I'm so glad that now I'm really here uh, when it comes to uh, to the creation of the metaverse, because this is this exact same situation, so to say, as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you yeah, know, that's that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast, obviously. So I'm definitely bullish on <laughs> on the metaverse as well. And uh, and I'm really excited about the topic that we're going to be talking about today, especially given uh, Bosco is our guest today. So I think we're going to be having a really, really interesting conversation. So we're going to be talking about privacy and security for Web3 users. We're going to talk a little bit into avatars as well and digital identity, which I think is really important given this conversation, right? Okay. And uh, and also, I think at the end, we can wrap it up by talking a little bit about the impacts of that for marketing because... Um Nowadays, and I and I was just discussing this on LinkedIn the other day. Um, like it's really, it's really interesting. I guess I can say, for lack of a better word, it's really interesting to see what the internet has become in terms of data, and how big companies really harvest our data and monetize on top of it. And it makes me wonder as you know, the Matterverse Advertising Guy, like what is the future about that, which uh, takes me back to the beginning, I guess I can say, uh, of social media and also a little bit about this problem as well, which is like, um, uh, you know, harassment, racism in virtual worlds, uh, hate speeches in social media and whatnot, social media bubbles that really enhance these problems and whatnot so let's talk a little bit further about that how it all started the, the 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 problem that originated this whole discussion right so i'd love to hear a little bit from you about that
1: yeah sure i mean um uh, i said that uh, yeah in, in 2019 i took a deep dive uh, how to learn 3d experiences but back then i um already had a feeling because um, I mean, I'm, I'm a tech guy and uh, I'm following very closely what, what is happening, um, but I uh, follow as well how we as a society, as a human society, are uh, going to change or, or going to adapt to new technological changes, so to say. And what I um, witnesses uh, was uh, really then uh, th- this huge kind of problem which arose uh, through Every social media platform that um, people nowadays uh, used to live in bubbles, and um, that was a, was a was a complete new uh, phenomenon, so to say, for me, uh, because um, I, I wasn't uh, really aware of what it is and what it, what kind of impact it will have for us as a society. And um, as, uh, as yeah, as soon as I really understood what kind of problem we actually have there and that there's no fix as of, as for today to um to revert the state so to say i was th- then thinking okay now um okay if we if we're transitioning from 2D into 3D then we need to do it in the right way and i mean in the right way that this time um we sort of say put the put the user back in the driver's seat uh, because, as you mentioned, um, completely right, completely agree with it, that nowadays um, we don't own any data and we don't own our digital identity. Because as soon as we sign up with a uh, with a platform, um, we, so to say, sign up that we give away our data or access to our data and uh, our digital identity is not ours. And it can be controlled and manipulated, so to say, by algorithms, which is daily business this uh, uh, this is um, for for normal stuff like just finding some 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 goods uh, which you might be interested um, over to political views etc. This is a, a really huge problem. And um, the, the, the the reason then for me was pr- pretty much crystal clear. Hey, first of all, we need to do it via user experience because um, I'm not a missionary to say, oh, this is bad. Come out of your bubble. <laughs> this is uh, this is not going to work, actually, because uh, all those bubbles are meant like this, that you can't get some, uh, somebody out there um, like this. And that, uh, that's why I thought, OK, let's be smart. Let's create the, the most coolest place uh, where you would like to be, like a virtual space where you can whatever you would like to do, no strings attached, uh, like in terms of algorithms. So that um, that was my initial idea that people, so to say, um, get thrown in a completely new environment and they need to learn for themselves how to move, how to discover, um, how to behave within a new space, because then uh, they become. The avatar or the person uh, or personality which is running in a virtual space, and this is for me was the idea was um, was really interesting and was very powerful because um, that was for me one uh, one idea to yeah to get people out of the of the social media bubbles because then they yeah they just become themselves again and uh, just do what they what they are interested to do if it's uh, i don't know going uh, on a skateboard ride or go shopping or uh, ha- go into a museum or have a have a look at a, a keynote or something this is life and um, then i thought to myself okay everybody's like okay um, people are drifting away from the real life into the digital worlds, digital lifestyle, etc. I was like, yeah, okay, this is uh, completely logical um, because um, yeah, a lot of people are stressed, are uh, maybe in pain, or have some, some uh, yeah, some some something going on in their minds, and they just uh, want to break out and um, see something else, and for this, social media is there. But the issue is that. It's not them being there, then it's they're, not becoming their uh, their user experience.
0: They're not seeing and, what they want to see. They're seeing what someone else wants them to see, right?
1: Exactly, and then uh, it's it's not it it doesn't become a user experience or an, an individual user experience. It just becomes, um, yeah, a, a, a data producing activity, so to say. And um, that's, uh, yeah, and, and this is a huge, huge, huge advantage if done right. Um, if you, if we were talking about virtual worlds, because then um, I can still remain uh, myself a human. But for example, I don't know, if I go on a party, I have an avatar, which looks like a monkey. If I go on uh, to a business uh, meeting, I have a digital d- twin, an avatar, which really looks like me, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that way I, I can ex- be myself, but extend myself in different situations because this is something pretty much clear for me, um, that uh, my future is not like this, that everybody's running around with goggles or everybody is online 100% the, uh, every day. This is completely bullshit, for, on, my, on my opinion. And uh, the, the, for this, virtual worlds or experience are just the extension. Whenever we feel, oh, come on, today, there's a cool concert in LA, but I'm sitting in Munich, but I have the opportunity or the chance to lock in in, in real time from uh, while sitting in Munich and um, can can experience and join, so to say, the live concert, for example. And that would be uh, cool. And this is how I'm going to uh, see it. And this is how I'm going to design, concept, and consult uh, brands. And of course, your yeah, virtual worlds and experiences.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And. Um... And it's really interesting to see how um, some people don't even realize they're inside this, you know, social media bubble where you're given the information, the algorithm or maybe someone else wants you to see. Right. And uh, and it's interesting how um, we can make this analogy with the metaverse of like you know in the future you're gonna be able to go wherever you want to go not necessarily where you know your your timeline shows you need to go to right so it's an interesting concept from uh, a user experience perspective especially uh but it makes me curious like uh if we compare you know what's happening today with web 2 with data privacy and security and um in uh you know in the future in the metaverse web 3 how do you think data privacy and security are going to be handled in a world that in theory even though it's fun to imagine that we're going to have more freedom and we're going to have a better user experience um we're ac- We're also like generating more data, and there's still like companies that are interested in harvesting this data and monetizing on top of it. So, what do you think it's gonna be the state of you know data privacy and security in the future as we you know become really, let's say, metaverse native beings, you know beings that are used to live in a virtual reality or maybe an augmented reality. I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, this is a good word, actually. I I would say if you uh, become um, a metaverse native, so to say, it really requires that you are the only owner of your data and that you um, have the only access to your data. Uh, this means, uh, in principle, and now um, um, that's that's a point uh, where I always uh, say, hey, and now. This is uh, important for blockchain technology, because um, at the end of the day, you really need to think like this uh, in an ideal world. I'm not saying that uh, we're gonna see this um, right away, uh, because there are other uh, entities which are of course interested in our data, but in in an ideal world, it really would be designed like this, um, that every user um, owns his own wallet, his own keys, and um, of course, everything what gets produced in terms of data gets collected in sitting and stored with the user. It can be stored decentralized, uh, for, for example, uh, IPFS, uh, where where you so to say have a reference storage where you storage all your data, uh, pictures or whatsoever. Everything which you, which you produce uh, on a private manner, and um, with blockchain uh, technology is actually the good thing then um, that brands so to say need to to rethink because uh, they they would like to get in touch with uh, with, uh, with the users. But the good thing is um, as soon as you switch it um, in the direction that I as a user can grant you access to parts or to all of my data whatsoever and get something back. This uh, um, This can be a completely automated process so that I am as a user um, um, uh, as soon as I log uh, or create an, an account, for example, I say, okay, and um, um, brands or whatsoever can use my di- data for, I don't know, I just make it up now, for one dollar, um, uh, one one access point or something like this, just making this up, but uh, just to, to let you know what, what uh, how, how it can be possible. To illustrate it, yeah. Yeah, and and then afterwards, um, those uh, one dollar commission or permission to your uh, to your data is hard coded in the smart contract, and then bam, you can uh, live uh, produce data, collect data, and whoever really would like to um, target you or whatsoever can uh, get or can buy data access to your data. For example. And then it would be um, pretty much cool because uh, then we are really coming into this um, modus, so to say, that um, there is no need of an algorithm anymore because everyone, every user becomes its own algorithm.
0: I find that concept really, really interesting, uh, which is something that you mentioned during our our previous conversation, right? Of you becoming your own algorithm. I think that's a really interesting concept. Um, I would love to explore that a little bit more. But before that, I think it's important for us to tap a little bit into like uh, two aspects of uh everything that you just said which i think are essential for us to analyze here and uh i think that the first one is obviously the blockchain aspect right and how this technology is going to enable this new level of experience let's say and also the distributed ledger technology i think it's important to talk a little bit about that and also at the same time the digital twins as you like to call it which i think it's also an interesting concept right because um, um Something that, um, you mentioned before that I, I thought it was really interesting and I think it perfectly translates to the second point here that I want to bring is that nowadays we have different accounts in several websites that we don't actually own. But, uh, if you compare it with, uh, real life, for example, like, um, I, I have like a like several documents, which are kind of like registers, or kind of like accounts in in different places, but I do actually own them. Like it's not, the government doesn't really care, you know, like if I, you know, uh, if I lose my, my ID or if I have my ID, it's actually mine, I have to take care of it. So I think it's a similar concept, but translated into the metaverse in a space where everything that has your name in it now it's actually yours so let's let's dive a little bit deeper into these two concepts now because i think those are extremely important for this conversation right now first one let's start with the the blockchain the distributed ledger technology how is this exactly going to enable this new future of you know let's say uh decentralized data perhaps or maybe owning your own data
1: yeah sure sure uh and 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 uh, this is this is very important to to really understand why blockchain technology because everybody's like you don't need the blockchain exactly uh, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um okay uh, uh to, to say it like this uh, back in the days as, as i was consulting in, in regards to blockchain i was always uh, saying that 90 90 you don't need a blockchain at all um the One of the core um, attributes of a blockchain is uh, that you can use this kind of infrastructure uh, when you have like a bunch of people which don't trust each other. Well, this is uh, one of the core attributes of, of blockchain technology, why you should use a blockchain. And that's why for me it's, it's, it's pretty much clear in this particular situation that we are talking about individual self-hosted user accounts so to say with their data um yeah they uh, who who should uh, should be responsible for this because then uh we 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 uh, we have the same situation like today that there is one big entity which, uh, so to say, operates and maintains all the different user accounts, and this is not what we what we would like to have. And for this, um, to make everything happen and to to connect each entities, because at the end of the day, each user, so to some, uh, so to say, become part of the network. Without being, um, yeah, uh, I don't know, a developer or someone who really has IT skills to do this, and for this, uh, it needs um, one IT infrastructure uh, which everybody can rely on and which everyone can trust, for example. And this is the most important thing: the trust factor. Um, which uh, which uh, which um, infrastructure can I trust? And uh, for this particular case. Um, I think uh, blockchain technology is definitely a must if we're talking about this use case of of um, of user accounts uh, within the metaverse, for example. Uh, because if we do so and if we set it up like this, uh, then um, the blockchain, uh, so to say, can become the the um, how do you say it in English? Um, like a like a technological watcher in terms of um, the uh, the um, network uh, democracy, so the to say. The
0: Guardian. The, yeah, the gate, exactly. The, the gate guardian Exactly. Of the, exactly. Of, of Web three, <laughs> exactly
1: because everything is uh, um, like the rules, etc., um, are uh, written down in consensus rules, or even within the smart contracts, uh, where we have a definition uh, for for different smart contracts, and then um, if we have set it up uh, set it up like this, then we really can talk about an autonomous network, and, and uh, with interconnected people, us and this only will work if we talk in, or if we really have the vision of uh, creating an open metaverse uh, this this open uh, i.t infrastructure then there is no other way um, to do or to achieve this kind of infrastructure without blockchain technology it's not possible i mean you, c- you can show me uh, i'm an i.t consultant so i know uh, the different uh, possibilities um of uh, of how to power um um, um and operate uh, networks but this kind of beast no way you you really need to have the blockchain in there um yeah to to uh, to ensure equality and consensus within this network
0: definitely and and i think that the first question that uh I, you know, during during your explanation and envisioning the scenario, the first question that I came up with was that I think, you know, is also one of the first questions that are going to come up to whoever wants to implement this use case that you mentioned is what about the privacy? Because when it comes to uh, blockchain technology or distributed ledger, right? Uh, In theory, uh, all data is going to be available to the public, right? And when it comes to the uh, user wanting to store their own data privately, but still making it accessible to the partners that they want it to be accessible for, then like it becomes a matter of privacy so uh how can we address that before we move on to the next part of my previous question how do we address the privacy in this context to make Mm -hmm. sure that uh users are still protected and they're still able to share their data with whoever they'd like to
1: that's a, that's a beauty of, uh, of, of, of the, the blockchain technology, uh, because at the end of the day, um, you can uh, set up different networks, so to say, with their own rules. So if you need, for example, a complete closed environment, you can have a complete uh, closed environment uh, just for, for business purposes, for example. Or if you would like to have an open one like the Bitcoin uh, blockchain, this is uh, the perfect example for a complete open distributed ledger uh, where you can see all those transactions. But this, this was always um, like something uh, back in the days, even where the people are like, yeah, I don't want to have everything transparent on the blockchain blockchain stored. But this is not the case because, uh, I mean, think about it, it would be really not that efficient if every user um, would store their informations, their pictures, their content whatsoever on the blockchain. I mean, then uh, the blockchain would be, I don't know how many terabytes huge already, uh, because everybody's using this as a, as a file storage. But um, this is not what I meant. I mean, at the end of the day, it will work like this um that you can uh, store for example your your data or your stuff on a decentralized storage like ipfs um where and then you um, within the, uh, the blockchain transaction you only have for example a reference to this IPFS folder uh, and but uh, the, the the hash or the the, the the transaction so to say linked to your account and to your ID so that it's uh, that you can prove okay, um, I, myself uh, just uh, s- send over um, or secured, I don't know a new document, and and place it. so you 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 really don't see the the real document or the content of it. For example, uh, you then only uh, see some some transaction uh, hashes, and uh, so th- this is uh, what I want to say with this is <laughs> uh, that uh, at the end of the day, it uh, it really doesn't matter because if you um, you you can design um, your environment like you want it uh, to be and to work and to act and this is the same with uh, with the blockchain technology Uh, you really can tweak and you really can have a look at what kind of blockchain is uh, suitable for your project and then you just pick the right one uh, which is able to power your use case and that's about it
0: the day, it's interesting to realize because that's something that I have said in a few episodes already. I think it's really interesting to realize that not only, um, like the technology is going to be enabling a different, uh, like a different way for us to interact and a different way for us to live, but also at the same time, it's bringing a mindset shift or maybe the mindset shift is bringing the technology, because if you think about it, like, why would I want to hide from anyone what I'm you know the goods the digital goods that i'm exchanging with other people right so this raises like some suspicious questions at the same time i mean like obviously like people ha- like to have their privacy but uh, at the same time like uh, how far it is important to have privacy and also at the same time looking from the other side like um how far do we want to society as a whole you know and individuals in the society to be protected from each other you know from a privacy standpoint and people are not really allowed to see what other people are doing so um i don't know i think this is more of a philosophical uh discussion at you know in this specific case but uh but it's going to be interesting to see how you know technology or maybe even individuals are going to address this uh because it's really you know it's really an interesting uh discussion and um and i think this brings me to to the other question that i had which is like the 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 ids and the the digital twins and uh uh the fact that you can pair your a real life with your virtual life. I think it's also important for us to understand this aspect of the, the equation. Um, because as I said, like we're used to having several different accounts in several different websites, but we don't really own any of them, but now it's going to be different, right? With a mm-hmm. decentralized wallet, for example, as you mentioned, like a decentralized way for you to store your data. Um, let's tap a little bit more into that. Yeah, sure. I mean, um,
1: uh, for example, unifying accounts. Uh, w- what you said uh, t- today, I have d- several accounts on several platforms, and uh, MetaMask, for example, is one. Yeah, is one uh, good um, example of of a unified wallet, so to say. Because uh, if I set up my MetaMask wallet, then I can use it um, to buy an NFT or uh, to uh, to go on exchange and buy some uh, or trade some coins or whatsoever. Um, so so actually the meta mask um, is so to say kind of an id myself. It's not only a wallet, it's um yeah, it's a little bit more because I can authenticate my uh, my ID so to say on different websites already um or for different games and so this is kind of the new style of uh, of 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 idea, digital identity and ownership. And what what I mentioned before that today we don't own anything. I mean this will be brutal uh, relevant uh, if we're talking about digital twin because for me a digital twin is the exact same representation of myself um, within a, a different space in a, in a, in a virtual space or whatsoever the digital twin uh, doesn't only have to look like me I mean uh, it can look like an, like a banana <laughs> it doesn't matter um, but the, the the thing is it needs to be me uh, in terms of, yeah, that I own the data, that I own the, my keys, et etc. et cetera. So, so the banana in the virtual uh, space really is me, so to say. And then, uh, we, we, uh, we, we really can start talking about digital twins because before that, we don't have digital twins. Okay. If I have a, um, a model, a 3D model of a car then of course i can create a digital twin but nobody can create a digital twin out of me just like this because this this uh, won't work in, in in any way and uh, that's why yeah if the 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 account so to say really gets tied to the users then um we can yeah th- this needs to be done and this actually can prevent for example um um, um how to uh, deep fake movies or clips
0: impersonation yeah
1: exactly deep uh, or fake accounts uh, stuff like this because this is a huge uh, issue as well on on every uh, platform that um, yeah bots creating accounts that's not bots it's humans but programs or that uh, uh, people are creating fake accounts with fake personalities or whatsoever and this causes a, a lot of problems everywhere uh, not uh, not only an entertainment or economy yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really um, one thing which uh, which needs to be changed and bringing really back the ID to the or tie it really to the user will solve this problem. And that's why it's it's key uh, definitely. If we're talking about creating um, the open metaverse, this is one uh, fundamental uh, key um, attribute of it
0: i think yeah i think this is going to be an interesting challenge to address because um right now as far as i know like for example we have heard about uh soul bound nfts or soul bound tokens um but at the end of the day like it's hard for you to really tie up you know a digital assets into a human being to make sure that this person is the owner of this digital thing and nobody else can you know impersonate to be this exact person and whatnot you know across the web so i think this is going to be a really uh, interesting challenge to address uh to tackle in the future um i might be a little um what is the word that i'm looking for uh i may be an immature when it comes to that topic because uh i don't really um I, I'm not sure how advanced this discussion is at the moment, uh, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see, especially because um, like this is going to enable us to be uh, unique in a virtual space which i think is extremely important given all of the discussions that we're having nowadays regarding genders and regarding uh you know people that don't really identify uh like their their their, their outlook they don't identify their appearance with who they are inside so i think uh this uh this discussion is gonna enable these people to be unique again right yeah, not only
1: unique again be someone i mean this is a uh, one one completely ridiculous uh, um, situation when it comes to our society that uh, we still um, have, yeah, we, we seen people, but uh, we, we don't see people. So, for example, if, if I'm talking about handicapped persons or something like this, so they are, yeah, they are visible, but at the end of the day, we don't see them if we really think about it. And, um, but for example, uh, take a virtual space and uh, we have a keynote there and two avatars or uh, two persons as avatars standing there and doing a keynote and um, one of uh, of the person for example is maybe a handicapped person sitting in a wheelchair the other um, um uh, i don't know it's a completely normal one or whatsoever then it wouldn't matter anymore at all because it's just uh, the just the content uh, then would matter and that would make everyone equal equal for themselves but equal in the mindset and this is something because you mentioned this before um, transitioning to the metaverse or web3 or whatsoever uh, we're talking about a digitalization process and um, uh, digitalization processes require mindset change this is um, this is completely normal and if you uh, see it out of this perspective then um, I, I think you can can understand it uh, way better, and even why some people have problems understanding what it really is, or what it might be, or something like this.
0: People can uh, dress up or maybe look like the way that they think they should, you know. uh and and and, and people should be able to express themselves. Um, and I think this is going to enable a lot of opportunities. We talked a little bit about that during the episode that I did with Krista Kim, um, about how this is going to empower minorities. This is going to empower communities worldwide, and this is going to remove, uh, boundaries, right? This is going to remove, uh, obstacles in the communication between individuals because, uh, like there's no need for racial prejudice because, you know, like you can be any race that you want to, you can even be a cyborg or a troll, you know, it doesn't really matter. So I think there's, um, and I love how like there's a, there's a few philosophical concepts in these concepts, right? Like in these conversations that, um, as I said, like, I'm not sure if it's the mindset shift that is bringing that, or if it's the technology that is bringing the mindset shift. Right. Uh, but, it's interesting how this is a needed discussion and this is a needed breakthrough, right, for mankind and technology.
1: Definitely, it's um, for me. It's um, maybe one of the of the of the last iterations, not the last one, but uh, really close to the last iteration of where we as a human society will be heading in terms of technology. That's uh, how I got to see it, because at the end of the day, uh, for me, as I said in the early beginning, Metaverse is not a virtual world. Metaverse is not the Internet. Metaverse is not web free. Metaverse for me is the aggregator of different technology stacks. So that at the end of the day, it's possible that every human being can really be um, an autonomous um, entity, so to say, living in this network. And uh, then it, uh, of course, will become uh, very interesting uh, for for machines as well, because then we have one platform uh, where we can communicate. Because right now, we humans, we have our our language, we're speaking, the machines have their language, um, we have the internet, which we are using, but um, we, we, we really can't really communicate with each other or become. Uh, a machine or whatsoever. So taking back to this uh, example of a handicapped person, if you think this a little bit further and now um, uh, bring something like a, um, a brain-computer interface uh, to the game, then a handicapped person can just put a, a BCI on his uh, hat and uh, then, uh, for example, uh, steer and control a robot uh, which is uh, working in a supermarket or somewhere else. And then um, there you really have the real-life extension and the, uh, and the pair or the pairing of the virtual uh, possibilities, because then this handicapped person can become every, uh, anything. Uh, and this, uh, as soon as I understood this fact this is so cool because uh, it opens up the possibilities for everyone to extend their possibilities in terms of learning like e-learning i mean oh my god how cool is this um that uh, you you really can learn in an immersive way you can see you can touch you can uh, really understand uh, what, uh, what what is there not not having a book or something in 2d which is for me, I'm a very uh, visual person and I understand things just yeah through viewing them or have a look at them, then I understand. I don't understand while I'm reading books or something. But this is uh, too abstract for me. So I really need to see it. And this is uh, so, so powerful um, uh, in, in terms of uh, the visual possibilities which you have. And this will give us all such a boost because then it's way easier for us to learn or to to get engaged or to do a change or something because it's always visible and I always can sort of say see the results right and direct. And this is I think a cool thing and definitely something which is needed today.
0: As I said, and as you as you said as well, like I think it's gonna be great for education, uh, and, and, and communication in general, like removing these boundaries and allowing, for example, me to communicate with someone else in Japan maybe you know even though they don't we don't speak the same languages so uh i think it's going to be extremely interesting it's definitely going to change everything and uh uh for us to wrap it up um i think it would be also important for us to tap a little bit about uh uh into the marketing aspect of things right because um we have painted this this the scenario this vision of how the universe is going to be how we're going to interact with technology the decentralization of wallets and how you can store your wallets in a decentralized way and then the blockchain deals with all of the data we have these unique uh ids paired with uh you know the real life person unique digital twins as you said how because this entire environment just by describing it me as a marketer i see it as a big challenge uh, f- especially for marketers that are so used to dealing with user data in order to make their decisions right and so um how do you think marketing is going to work in the future and how our company is going to handle these challenges with data privacy and security in these environments
1: i think ironically uh, uh yeah ironically to say so to say is that we are actually moving way back 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 in history uh back to the times where there was no internet, no algorithms, uh, where we could do promotion or promote some some stuff to to people. No, back in the day, it was really about user experience, getting the user attention, getting them into my store. And this is exactly the same principle, uh, which hopefully will come um, when, it, when we're talking about uh, the, the, the metaverse and how to market in the metaverse. It will be truly about personalized user experiences so that you really need to find, um, yeah, what is my user base? I, I just can't um, take a shotgun and just uh, take one shot and see what I hit Maybe something good, maybe nothing. No, it's, it's not working like this anymore. And this is actually the, 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 the biggest nightmare for, for all the marketing people outside there because, um, and of course the biggest nightmare for all the big corporations because of course they don't want to have uh, this uh, coming so we are a little bit far ahead of this uh, Curve uh, or time, but as I said um, if, it, if it's done, right I'm assuming because then you really need to th- do some thinking how to attract your, your, your users uh, Or how to uh, make some noise so that they can see or find you and then it's only really comes down to a of course you need to have a killer product and a killer user experience if you have those two um two attributes um then um i think uh, yeah okay there needs to be a demand for your product of course but um i think if you if you uh, think like this not uh, you can get really get rid of of data because you only think okay what is our company what is what we we now really need to serve to our users um so it's really yeah getting rid of the lazy lazy uh, work um, no now it's really getting back to the uh, let's get their hands dirty and let's see what we really can do it's uh, much more involvement uh, required um to 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 attract your future customers so to say
0: what? We're, we're getting lazy as marketers, people. I, I I agree with Bosco. We're getting lazy because yeah, we're I'm sorry, to... but uh, <laughs> this is a feeling
1: which I have sometimes.
0: Yeah, like, we're, because we, and that's true. <laughs> like, if you think about it, we rely a lot on data. And I think that's a good thing, you know, because you know, the internet has allowed us, has enabled us to rely on data. But if you think about it, like, um, and I love Bosco's perspective about this, like in the future, as I often say, we're going to live in a customer centric culture. And what that means is like, uh, people are gonna, uh, love brands. Because of the values, because of what motivates this brand to have a product in the market, because what this product stands for. So it really is about what the customer cares about. And then you build your company on top of that, right? On top of the experiences that you're going to be creating. And obviously, I think marketers are going to be more creative than ever, because I think uh, creativity uh, back in the day, because I love studying copywriting, I'm a copywriter at my core. and so. So I love studying the old copywriters, uh, like the original ones, which they had to be extremely creative in order to, to, to come up with campaigns that really, uh, would catch the attention of their consumers. And so I think that's kind of lost nowadays because there's a lot of, uh, you know, copy and not copywriting and just copying you know other campaigns and other stuff that already worked and incrementing incrementing that based on like you know uh, the data that you have and the information that you've gotten but i think in this new reality where um we don't have as much data to rely on and um and consumers are being are becoming more and more conscious about the stuff that they consume and the stuff that they buy you know I think you know, given this whole context, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting and new reality for marketers, for sure.
1: And and uh, to to be fair, or to to uh, show some positivity there. Um, so even if, if the data uh, might be might be gone, the good thing is that all those kinds of tools for creation, uh, for creating experiences or whatsoever, they are already there for free and they are getting much more easier to use. So that I'm, I'm assuming that in one year and maybe an and a half year, everyone really everyone from uh, business, marketing and development uh, can go ahead and um, yeah draft their own little experiences um, and come up with new ideas. And this is uh, the thing because um, like creation used to be a topic for agencies, for studios, um, because it requires hardware, knowledge, um, of course, I mean, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge is uh, the key in, in this kind of area. But what I see is um, for example, take uh, Epic Games uh, with the Meta Human Creator, which is online available, um, and, and other uh, companies which are now putting their tools, so to say, in the cloud. This will change everything because then it uh, really is not nothing special anymore that you can produce or create a 3D experiences or a virtual world because uh, you don't have the, the hardware limitations anymore. Then really everyone can become uh, a creator or just work with uh, scribbles and really experiment. And I'm assuming that uh, as soon as we're there, then uh, innovation happens because um, Um, I mean, uh, think about it. Uh, Right now, a lot of people are coming from the gaming side, uh, get to know it. But uh, for for me, one one best example is, for example, the automotive industry, which are using, uh, for example, the Unreal Engine uh, for uh, their car configurators. And this shows, uh, I mean, the Unreal Engine used to be uh, a gaming engine, so to say, for creating uh, games. And and now uh, it's used for education, for car configurators, for simulations. And this just shows um, how everything evolves. And that's why it's completely logical for me that the future tools for marketeers, for example, can be virtual worlds, which would um, be the same like social media platforms today. Because uh, they market uh, somehow um, as well, and you will have the same kind of opportunities or possibilities within virtual worlds. But as I said, um, the 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 direction uh, the direct link to the data that's a different story. But I think um, it will be great because then I, as a user, I see stuff. But I don't have the feeling that I just see it because it's of, of my data set or something like this, and then it feels much more lifelike. It's like uh, if I go into the city, I see stuff. Something is cool. Uh, some stuff is you know, I'm not interested in. But this should should be the experience, I think.
0: That's one of the things that I love the most about Web three. It's how it ties. It all ties back to the experience. And, you know, uh, what the customer cares about, what are the values. And I love that, you know, and, and I think that's also why we sometimes, uh, end up getting into a few, uh, philosophical discussions kind of, because I think it has everything to do with that. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, Bosco, thank you very much, man. This was an amazing conversation. I really loved it. And, uh, I wish we could talk for hours about this because I get the feeling that we will get into very deep, uh, very ex- ex- existential, uh, discussions, uh, you know, uh, we start with the Metaverse and then we end talking about life and, and, and you know, yeah, existence and Living itself. forever,
1: so stuff like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that will be awesome. But unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up here. And uh, again, thank you very much for being with with me here today. It was a huge pleasure. And, uh, uh, and just before we finish, uh, I would love to hear a little bit about some of your uh, briefly, like, future projects or maybe what are the next steps for Metaverse um, I would love to hear a little bit more about that so our listeners can uh, follow up with your updates and, and get to know what you're working on.
1: Yeah, sure. So, so the best thing uh, always would be to follow me on LinkedIn uh, or reach out to me there. I mean, I, I have to admit, I uh, don't have the time anymore to post like every day and uh, produce really cool content, but at least uh, you, you can follow me there. Uh, in terms of metaverses, yeah, we are very close uh, for releasing uh, the alpha version of our new virtual world. Uh, this will be really cool. I mean, what you can see in the background is actually um, the, the first level is a meta city. So it's uh, yeah, you need to see it uh, because everything else uh, wouldn't make any sense to describe it. And then uh, on the other hand, I'm um, very active um, or um, yeah, I'll make my own way through uh, in terms of the metaverse standard forum. Uh, because because uh, this is something I really can encourage everyone who is working or want to work within the field of the metaverse uh, should definitely have a look at the Metaverse Standards Forum um, because they um, yeah, different entities from around the globe gathered and really um, think those kind of stuff through like privacy and security. And um, so I'm, uh, yeah, very active there, and looking forward to work in, in, the, in the different working groups to, um, yeah, really come up with some um, uh, fundamental standards. Uh, which are definitely needed and yeah besides this uh i mean uh i i do some some consultancy if i have time but for uh, right now um I'm, I'm i'm quite busy and yeah this is uh, what i do and maybe uh, in the near future a dj set um within the virtual space of course and need will do something like this <laughs>
0: We definitely can think about a B2B set, right? Uh, and, that would be cool. You're in Brazil and I'm Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do some very interesting music in there. Uh, so guys you heard it like follow Bosco on LinkedIn it's Bosco Bellinghausen Um, and uh, he definitely dropped some really interesting gems in his LinkedIn so it's definitely worth following up with him and uh, again thank you very much Bosco thank you everyone who listened to us today Uh, if you want to follow me you already know it it's Eli Santos on LinkedIn E-L-Y Space Santos and uh, yeah that's it thank you very much and I'll see you guys in the next episode